Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. is a message of hope to all who know her. She is a fourth generation Orange County native. Her large family with deep roots in the Catholic faith fostered a love of our Lord at a very early age. In her mid-twenties, she had an experience which challenged and convicted her in her faith. She has been a daily communicant ever since. She has had an amazing and diverse career she currently serves as pilgrimage coordinator and West Coast office representative for Dynamic Catholic. After working for over 20 years on Catholic weekend retreats, Eddie now enjoys her retreats on wheels to Italy, France, Spain, Austria, Israel, Poland, and more. Her joy is contagious. Welcome, dear Eddie. I'm a native of Orange County, and when I travel around the world, they always think I'm a native of wherever I'm at. <laughs> Whenever I travel, there's always the brown people in all the countries. I remember I was in Dover, England with my cousin Giuliani. The guy behind the counter looked like he could be my cousin, and I said, I'll have a two-piece, but I don't want a biscuit. And he goes, what are you? And I said, I always say, guess. And he, and he goes, do it again. I said, okay. I'll have a two-piece, but I don't want a biscuit. And he goes, wait, wait. And he calls the guys, come out here, guys, come out here. So the cooks came out, and he goes, do it again. <laughs> I said, I'll have a two-piece, but I don't want a biscuit. What is she? <laughs> when I worked at Disneyland when I was a kid, I heard that like 10 times a day at least. Wherever we go, I hear it. Raquel and I were in Frankfurt. We could see people were trying to figure out what we were, and because we're both brown, but we speak with an American accent, and it just throws them off. It really throws them off. So I was whispering to Rack, and I said, OK, as soon as we're going to take the order, start speaking a different language. And we were just like, and you could tell they're, they're getting closer, trying to figure out. Finally, I think I ordered a pizza because that's what you do in Frankfurt. <laughs> Just like you order Kentucky Fried Chicken in Dover, right? <laughs> and they're like, oh, Italianos. <laughs> it's like, now we're Italian. They're always asking, what am I? But I'm always hoping they would ask, whose am I? Because then I would say, I'm God's. I belong to God. That's who I am. I've been surrounded by beautiful people my entire life. God did that for me. My four grandparents were here in Orange County. Two of them met here in Garden Grove and we're married in Anaheim. My dad was born here in the city of Garden Grove. My mom was born far away in the city of Anaheim. So <laughs> I am the second child of three, so I have, I'm the middle neglected child. <laughs> Both of my brothers have holy days of obligations as their birthdays. 
August 15th and December 8th. Holy days of obligations. I was born on Dr. Seuss. <laughs> In four days, I will be 60 years old. That means I'll be able to do the senior shopping days at Costco, so I'm really excited about that. Grew up loved by aunts, uncles, cousins. I have 85 first cousins. That's not counting their spouses, their children, their children's children. All so cool. I went to school, studied, was proposed to twice, graduated, and went on to first grade. <laughs> I did all of my schooling here in Garden Grove. Then I went to Cal State Fullerton. When I was 19 and I knew everything, I got married. Biggest mistake of my life, and the thing is, I knew it was a mistake. I knew it. And I actually told God, I'm 19 years old, and I told him, I said, Lord, I know you made everything. I know you're king of the universe. I know you know what you're doing, but trust me on this one. <laughs> he's, he's like, all right, free will. So it was a nightmare. It was so not ordained by God, and I knew it before I went in. I went to a priest. And I was telling him everything that was going on because I wanted him to give me the answer to fix it. And the priest looked at me and he said, you got to get out of there. And I was like, oh, what happened to our priest? So I went to a different church, went to a different priest, and I said, this is what's going on. And he looked at me and he said, you got to get out of there. And I was just, what's happening to my church? A bunch of liberal priests. So I went to a third priest, and that one said, you got to get out of there. And I thought, oh, I'll pray for these guys. I was sitting at home just mindlessly looking at TV. I wasn't even watching. I was just click, click, click. And right on one click, this person was talking to their audience, said, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. And I said, amen. Then looked through the TV and said, but maybe God didn't put this together. And I woke up. I woke up called my family. I said, bring the van, bring the truck. They didn't know anything that was going on because I thought this was my mistake. I wasn't going to let them suffer through anything I was going through. They came, I left, got an annulment, and saved my life. I was 21, begging God to let me die. At 21, I was saying, please, Lord. I wouldn't commit suicide because a friend of mine had a sister who committed suicide in high school. And it really did a number on her whole family. Her whole family was like a beautiful family. And this girl who committed suicide was a beautiful girl, inside and out. But I saw what it did to her family, and I wasn't going to do that to mine. So I said, I'm not going to do that. But Lord, you're God, so you could have this happen, or you could have that happen. On my way to school, you could have that happen. <laughs> Be creative, Lord, you're God. You know, I, I just, I was praying for him and giving him suggestions of how I could die at 21. But he didn't let me die. He let me live. The thing is, I was trusted and loved by everybody growing up. So like I trusted and loved everybody thinking, oh yeah, they're all there to protect me. Yeah, I learned. After that, now I always ask God his opinion. Lord, what do you think I should do? <laughs> Instead of telling him what I was going to do, you think that's good? Now I, I check in with him all of the time. You tell me what you want me to do.
because I couldn't just learn through wisdom, studying holy people. I had to learn through the school of hard knocks. Now I always say, what do you think I should do, Lord? Or I have my friends pray for me. What do you think I should do? What, what's God saying to you? So when you find yourself in a dark spot, when you find yourself in a miserable position, when you find yourself you've been betrayed or whatever the case is, you don't stay there and wallow in it. You don't stay there, suffer with it. You do what you do all the time. You flush and walk away. <laughs> flush it and what? Okay. I graduated from Cal State Fullerton with in speech calm disorders. I was a speech pathologist, but I'll be honest, I couldn't say speech pathologist. <laughs> I would say I'm a speech patho I'm a speech I'm a speech therapist. <laughs> I really wanted to be a teacher and I ended up being a teacher in Santa Ana Unified for about 20 years. And I taught junior high because that's my maturity level and my sense of humor level. <laughs> it's junior high. And so me and my kids got along just fine. While I was teaching, I went and got a master's in educational leadership. Then I went to USC to work on a doctorate in educational leadership, which I didn't finish because I bought a condo. You know, <laughs> could only pay for one thing. When I was at USC, one of the professors was going around saying, what do you want to do with this degree? And I'm with all these guys wearing suits. As a matter of fact, laptops just came out. <laughs> they all had laptops. I was like, ooh, what are those? I'm in a jean jacket with a yellow pad of paper. And they're like, superintendent, superintendent, superintendent. They got to me, stay-at-home mom. You know? <laughs> I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, have like 10 or 15 kids, but didn't happen that way. But life is still good anyway. I worked in public school, and I wanted to instill in my kids love for God. But I'm in public school, so I couldn't just say, hey, go to church, or blah, blah, blah. I couldn't talk about Jesus or Lady. I couldn't do any of that. But I have friends who also worked at the same school. So I'd be in front of my class teaching, and one of my friends would walk by, hey, Ms. Garcia, I forgot my rosary. I'd reach in my pocket, here, borrow mine. You know? <laughs> or I had friends that were priests who'd come in, hey, Ms. Garcia, oh, hiya, Father. Can I teach your kids how to juggle today? Oh, sure, Father, come on in. Or if they had a quinceanera, if they had a wedding, or if they had any kind of anything, I always went. I always received Holy Communion. They always saw me at their family's funerals. I was just trying to lead by example. So I would have these beautiful holy cards of Jesus, Mary, and the saints, and that beautiful Sacred Heart of Jesus picture, he follows you. Not like that, but <laughs> looks like he's looking at you all the time. And I would have it on top of my desk. And the kid would say, ooh, Ms. Garcia, I love that picture. Take it. Really? Yeah, go ahead if you like it. Thanks. And he would take it off my desk. I had a whole stack in my desk. <laughs> so I'd put the next one on the, on the desk. And another kid would invariably come, hey, how come he got that picture? Oh, there's another one. OK, thanks. I mean, by the end of the semester, all my kids had Jesus, Mary, Joseph, all the saints and angels on the outside of their notebooks. You always knew who my kids were because they were very well protected. Through a miraculous turn of events, while I was teaching, I met Matthew Kelly. But I brought him out for a weekend, and he came and he spoke to a couple parishes. He spoke to our group. We took him to a Mexican wedding. And then at the end, we had a big formal dinner of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yes, that's a theme. <laughs> On the beach, we had guys playing the guitar, and he was having so much fun. And as a matter of fact, 
Two guys were there that were not ordained who are ordained now. One was Deacon Joe Garza, and the other one's Father Ben Tran. But they both wanted to talk to Matthew, and they both separately took off. It was a great week, and from that time, Matthew and I remained friends. We have been friends for, I think it's like 28 years now. It's been a long time. Started going on pilgrimages with him. I was always going on pilgrimages. I love to travel. I love daily mass. If you travel on a pilgrimage, you get to go around the world and you get daily mass. That's why I only travel on pilgrimages <laughs> to make sure I get mass. He's a wonderful human. That weekend that he was here, he asked me to take him to Crystal Cathedral. This is a long time ago. I'm a teacher. He's the age of my first class. And he's just a kid I'm so proud of. Never in a million years did I ever think I would ever be working for him there. Because I grew up here. That's a Protestant church. I'd go there for concerts or events. That wasn't my church. And I was a teacher. So why would I be working for him there? But I do. So I work on the ninth floor of the tower. I can see Disneyland and the Angel Stadium from my office. Throughout my life, like the last 28 years, if I had a, something really ah, just suffering about, I would call Matthew. Matthew, he'd say, what, 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 what's, what's wrong? And I would say, yada, 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 and he'd give me good advice. Thank you, thank you. He would help me out. Weekly, I, I tell Father Spitzer, hey, yeah, Father Spitzer. He's like, hey, Evelino. I, I make it sound like Yogi Bear. We're not. <laughs> but I get to talk to him and eat lunch with him at least four or five days a week. So if you think about it, I've had Matthew Kelly, to talk to. I've had Father Spitzer. I also hear from Moses. Karen Moses. <laughs> she calls all the time. Yak, 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 yak. When I was in my 20s, I was at a conference. This guy said, if you come here in the morning at 6 a.m. to the church, in the front, there will be bundles, and everyone gets to take a bundle home, and the bundle is $10,000 cash. Oh, yeah. He goes, who would come? My hand shot up because I thought, does he know something? <laughs> I'm going to get that. What if I told you if you came for five days, every day you would get the $10,000? i am like, dude, over here, over here, over here. Because I thought, that's 50000 That would pay for so much. I could go more to school for more. <laughs> and he goes, what if you came seven days a week and every day you get 10000 70,000. If this keeps going, I do 140 in two weeks. Yeah, me, me. He goes, so you would come every day for that 10,000. And I was like, oh, yeah, I hope this is real. He goes, you'd come every day for money, but you won't come for the body and blood of Christ. Yeah. And he got me because I knew I was going to set my alarm for 5 a.m. the next day to get there at 6 a.m. for the $10,000. I would have every single day if I was going to get the cash. But when he said that, I thought, yeah, the body and blood of Christ. There's an old video game with a little yellow thing, waka waka, with a bow. Miss Pac-Man. But she's being chased by stuff. But then she eats like a juicy fruit or something, right? And it goes, mm -hmm. she gets all this power. And then the things that were chasing her, she turns around, whack, 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 right? And she's like strong. But that stuff fades away, and as soon as it fades away, they're like, <laughs> and they go chasing her again. 
And this is a very crude analogy, but every time you receive the Eucharist, it's power, it's grace, it's blessings, but it doesn't fade away. Everything that you receive from the Eucharist lasts for eternity. The whole thing is, the game is limited. You can only have those graces and blessings and all the gifts that come with the Eucharist while you're still here on earth. And once you get to purgatory or to heaven, you can't get that anymore. In a very simple sense, I am not gonna skip a Eucharist. My family knows I have to be near death for me not to go to daily mass. They used to say, Ev, what are you doing? It's like, just help me crawl to my car. I can make it. <laughs> you don't have to go. I'm not going because I have to go. I'm going because I want to go. And I'm not going because I'm holy. I'm going because I need him. Because for some reason, I feel a little stronger. The more I get to receive the Eucharist, the stronger I feel. Wonderful things are going on. You could feed the orphans. You could do this. You could do that. Go to Mass first. The priest asked this morning, who wants to go to heaven? I'm ready. I want to go now. Because think about the good things, you guys. Think about heaven. Do you ponder heaven? You should ponder heaven. Because even if you live to be 100 years, we're going to be in heaven for infinity, right? So I think about heaven and about books I've read about saints who have been there and what it's like. Of course, in our human brain, we can't imagine what it's like. But ponder heaven. So when all this other stuff starts happening in the world, read the Bible, man. Terrible stuff has happened from the beginning of time. Oh my goodness, countries have been destroyed forever. And they used, to, oh, it was, it's brutal, read the Bible. So one of my things that I'm gonna do in heaven, I'll share with you, I have a lunch appointment with the Holy Family, and I'm super excited about that. I'm gonna go to their house, I'm gonna be a little girl, I'm gonna be able to see Jesus and Mary and Joseph looking at each other with that, the look of love they must have in each other's eyes for each other. And then they're going to look at me and know me. Once I was at the Adriatic, I was in Croatia. Somebody had rented a boat. The Adriatic is a little salty. It, it kind of keeps you buoyant. I was talking to my friend. We're in the water. And my skinny nephew comes swimming by. How are you doing that? I said, how are we doing what? He goes, you're talking with your hands. We always talk with our hands. And he's swimming around. He goes, him and two other skinny people. Are you standing on a rock? No. Then how are you doing that? Our feet were going super slow-mo, but salt keeps you buoyant, so does fat. <laughs> Me and my friend couldn't even get wet, you know? We're just up there. Blah, blah, blah. The skinny people were like, can we hang on to you? It's like, sure. They're hanging on to our shoulders so they could catch their breath. So it brings me to one more thing. Think about a cork. If you threw a cork in the ocean and there was a big storm, no matter how much it gets tumbled about, it's gonna keep coming to the top because it's a cork. But spiritually, emotionally, be a cork. And the only way to be a cork is to hang on to God. With everything that you have, hang on to God. Do not let go of him. Keep God first. Maybe you spend a few hours with TV, a few more hours on social media. Maybe you could give 15 minutes for a rosary. Rosaries stop war. Our Lady of Fatima said that. If you spend so many hours hanging out with your friends at the bar playing pool, maybe you could give 30 minutes because mass during the week is only 30 minutes. You could do that. Sometimes it's 25. <laughs> if you keep God first, St. Augustine said, peace is the tranquility of order. 
What's your order? The scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. First. Not only, I happen to love Angels baseball. Mike Trout's like totally the best. (laughs) And that baseball season is like super full. So I really enjoy the games. However, before I let myself watch it, I make sure I've done my prayers first. Gone to mass, done my prayers, and then I get to soak in the game. It not only, but first. Put God first in everything that you do. It's going to give you a lot more peace. You're going to be a lot more joyful if you always keep God first. There are a lot of people right now who are so scared. Just scared out of their mind. There's no need. God has us. Here's Jesus talking to St. Faustina in the early 1900s. This is from the diary. My child, you have not wounded my heart as painfully as your present lack of trust does. That after so many efforts of my love and mercy, you should still doubt my goodness. Here, soul, are all the treasures of my heart. Take everything you need from it. That's Jesus, our Savior. He's saying, trust him. He can make water come from a rock. You don't have to be afraid of anything. I'm going to tell you about the multiplication. You know, the multiplication of food that they have in the Bible. I've seen it in my lifetime. We were on a road trip up north to go to some holy place with Cecilia's parents were there. And she's Vietnamese, so believe it or not, so are her parents. (laughs) We're doing a caravan. And they pulled over at a rest stop, so of course we followed. And it was her mom and dad and her aunt, and they bring out this little can of Vietnamese spam. Her mom's looking and she says, well, we're all just kind of standing around. That looks good, Mr. and Mrs. Vung. (laughs) You gonna eat that? And she looks at Cecilia and says, we only have this one can. And we're like, that's okay. A few breads and that one can. So they said, okay, so her mom, being a mom, starts cutting the spams and putting it in the bread, and we're like, oh, good. (laughs) You want more? Yeah, yeah, I'll have another one. And so we all, it was like three cars, ate their stuff, and they ate their stuff, and we didn't notice. We were just chomping away, but when we were done and they were putting things away, that's when she noticed there was still half a can of Vietnamese spams. Another example is when My mom was making breakfast for my dad. She had chorizo, which if somebody loves you, they make you chorizo. (laughs) A whole bunch of people came in, the young adult group. She's like, I don't have food. I mean, there was just a little bit of chorizo in the pan for everybody. And I said, Mom, they just came over. You don't have to feed them breakfast. She goes, wow. Does anybody want a burrito? And they're like, wait a I said, Mom, you don't have to feed them. They came unannounced. I'll make them burritos. Everybody's eating. Who wants another one? Who wants another one? Everybody's eating their chorizo. It was the multiplication of chorizo. And when everybody had had their fill, that pan still had half a pan of chorizo. I've seen it over and over. I have a lot more examples. It always happens. The jar of flour will not go dry. That's in the Bible. Growing up in California, like most of you guys have grown up here, you know that forever they've told you, get ready for the big earthquake. They told me that when I was five. All my life I've been waiting for the building to fall on me because they kept telling me, it's not if it's gonna happen, it's when it's gonna happen. Thank you, I'm five. I've always expected for the buildings to fall on me. 
Make sure you have food and water. Yeah, 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 it expired in 1970, okay? So you do have to be prudent, save your food, save your water, but not for three years. Just make sure you have some flour in the jar. Make sure you have a bottle of water. God will take care of you. Trust him. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. There's no way we should have had that much Vietnamese spams. There's no way we should have that much chorizo. It just happens. Don't go on your own understanding. So this last year has been really, really tough on my family. We pray the rosary. We always pray the rosary. The mysteries stay the same. No matter what is going on in your life, no matter what's going on in your world, the mysteries stay the same. The mysteries are about the life of Jesus. Over a year ago, my aunt passed away. Suddenly, it was a shocker to everybody. Less than a year later, another aunt passed away. And that also was a shocker. At the same time, you know, about a month later, my brother passed away. Bobby, and he used to come here all the time. We'd always be there on table five. And sometimes to keep awake, I'd watch him fall asleep during the speakers. <laughs> Sorry. So Bob did all the name badges for everybody. Him and I have been coming to these Magnificat breakfasts forever. We're all still trying to let that sink in because it's pretty recent. He just passed in October. But we keep with the rosary. The mysteries stay the same. The Eucharist stays the same. Those things stay the same and will be the same for eternity. What you have in your bank account doesn't matter whether you have a lot or a little. That's not going to be true in eternity. What remains true are the mysteries that they've given us. The rosary, the Holy Eucharist, hang on to those. Those are the real things. You know, you can get lost with the what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if, yeah, snap out of it. Forget the what ifs. Think about the what is. What is the truth? God is the truth. God loves you. God has a place for you in heaven. God's made a house just for you, and I bet it has all the details that you love. It has your favorite colors. It has the kind of lights that you like. It has the, the ocean view or the mountain view or whatever it is that you want. He did that for you. It's already ready. You can't go there ahead of time. You've got to wait till he says, now. Forget the what ifs. Think about the what is. A lot of times when I was traveling, I didn't have money because I really traveled a lot. This is before it was my job. This is how it became my job. I traveled with Matthew on pilgrimages for about 18 years. Then the diocese bought the Crystal Cathedral, made it Christ Cathedral. They said to Matthew, can you have a dynamic Catholic office here? And he said to his leadership team, what am I gonna do with an office in California? And someone said, put Evan there. He's like, good idea, we'll take it. <laughs> so then they called me and they said, hey, can you do this, this, and that? And I said, yeah, sure. Because I've done anything for Matthew for the last 20 years. What do, you, what do you need me to do? And we'll pay you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, pay me? I've always worked and done it after work or on the weekends. And that's when he comes to speak. I said, are you talking about a job? And they said, yeah, and your office will be at the Crystal Cathedral. Score! I mean, it's five miles from my house. As soon as I was hired by Dynamic Catholic, I saw that Matthew was taking a group to Italy, so I signed up for it. He said, hey, I, I see that you signed up for Italy. I was wondering if you could help me there. And I said, well, that's where I'm going. I'm going to help you, because I helped him on his other pilgrimages. And he goes, okay, well then, um, that'll be your job. And I said, that'll be my job? And he said, yeah, we'll give you your deposit back. You'll give me my deposit back? And it won't take vacation days. 
So we go to Italy. On the last day, we're standing in front of this cathedral of St. Francis in Assisi. And Matthew looks at me and he goes, we have to have more of these and you have to be on all of them. And then he seriously looked at me and he said, do you mind? (laughs) Dude, you're twisting my arm, bro. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So that is my job. I go to the Holy Land, as they said. I go to Italy. We're supposed to go to Vienna, Poland, Spain, the Camino. Here's a story on the Camino. And this is about trusting in God. I went to the Camino in this shape. I would like to say fabulous shape, but no, I wasn't. (laughs) And I was walking like a 14-mile day. I see the hotel, but there's about a 15-mile parking lot between me and the front door of the hotel. I said, no, Lord. Mm -mm, Mm-mm. No. I'm not taking another step. I need a cab right now. A cab pulled up. I got in. He goes, where do you want to go? I said, that hotel. And he's like, but it's right there. I got in the car, and it had AC. He goes, it... It's right there, and I have to go all, you know, meters all the way that way to make a U-turn to come back. I said, I don't care. Why? I said, because I'm fat and I'm tired. <laughs> and I'm not taking another step. And the, the driver is like crying. He's laughing so hard. I said, go home and pick up lunch. I don't care what you do. Leave the AC on. I'm not going anywhere. He dropped me off at the front of the hotel. So before that, now I'm taking care of an expense account. But before when I was traveling, I used to go with no money. I mean, when I say no money, I don't mean I I had a credit card or any credit (laughs) or savings in the bank. I mean, no money. I was in New York, I was coming back and there was a storm and I've already been traveling like 25 hours, I'm really exhausted. And I hear them tell the two girls ahead of me, there's a storm, it's an act of God, so you're gonna have to get a hotel, come back tomorrow. I had $12 in my pocket and I said, yeah, I'm going to be sleeping on the sidewalk at night. Because $12 won't even buy a hamburger in the airport. I had a Jesus doll with me, and I've taken him all over the world. Now that I think about it, he's sitting in my living room. I should have brought him with me. But I had Jesus with me. And so I'm ready for her to tell me, you're going to sleep on the sidewalk. <laughs> she goes, is that Jesus? And I said, yeah. She goes, there's a storm, and your flight was canceled. So we put you on an earlier flight, but there was really no room, so we had to bump you up to first class. <laughs> and it's leaving a lot sooner than your other ones, so you got to run to this gate. Okay. <laughs> Me and Jesus go sailing through. Now, I've never been in first class in my life, but I kept sticking my very short legs way in front of me because I couldn't touch the seat in front of me. And whatever they said, I said yes to. Would you like a cookie? Fresh baked? Oh, yeah. You want champagne? I don't like it, but yeah, sure. Would you like a cappuccino? Yes. I don't even drink coffee. By the time I landed in L.A., I was like so wired. And then once we were in Medjugorje, and again, I had no money. I didn't know anybody on this pilgrimage yet. I always traveled alone, and I eventually would meet friends that we would stay friends for life. But at this point, I didn't know anybody, so I thought, no one knows I don't have any money, so what I'm going to do is... We have breakfast and we have dinner. I'll eat plenty of breakfast, plenty of dinner, but for lunch I'm gonna slip into my room so no one knows that I'm not eating. If I walked around, I might see somebody at a cafe who says, come join us, but I ain't got no money. (laughs) So I thought, okay, I can do this. I had my own room. On the way to the hotel, the leader of the pilgrimage comes on the mic and she says, you guys, this is so weird, it's never happened before. But the tour director in New York just called me and for some reason, They're paying for all of our lunches. 
And I was like, you're so sweet. I already had dinner and breakfast. And it was a buffet. It's like, every day. So I went from like, not going to eat lunch to a buffet daily. So you have to trust in God. Do not grieve him. One more story. I made these songbooks. I used to go to this retreat house in Croatia, and they really needed songbooks, so sturdy ones. And I thought, okay, I'm going to pay like $100 to do these really great songbooks. We're taking them to Croatia. When on the way to the airport, I stopped at Kinko's to pick up all the copies and all that stuff. I thought it was going to be 100 bucks. It was 500 bucks. And that's all I had. I was like, it was like $4.95. I ended up with $5. I was like, hoo-hoo, for two weeks. I have no money. <laughs> okay, I remember the first mass I went to. And at this point, I still don't know anybody. And so I'm talking to God, saying, I don't have any money. And he's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, you're God. There was an appeal at the end of the mass for these orphans who had lost their parents during the war. And they send out little orphans looking at you. I was all right, right, take the five bucks. <laughs> I gave away the five bucks. I walked out, and then I looked up, all right, Lord. And then this woman who was on my pilgrimage, and I didn't know who she was yet, she said, I'm an office manager, and I saw those songbooks that you made. Those are really nice, but I don't want you to get all the credit for it. I want to have part of it. So here's 100 bucks. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, I want to get credit for giving those too. Okay. And then when I walked into the house, this group of people who were also pilgrims on the same pilgrimage pretty much said the same thing. We want to have credit for those songbooks. They're beautiful. So we took up a collection. It was exactly everything that I was not expecting to pay. I got all the money back that I was expecting to have. So it's just absolutely incredible. It's really, I could tell you story after story, and you guys are like, you have, you have. <laughs> Be a joy. The closer you are to God, the happier you're going to get, because you're going to know that he's got you. You're going to know that he's taking care of you, and you're going to know no matter what is happening in the world, God has your back. And if you're not a joy, how many people are you going to recruit to church? I go to church, and you should too. I'm going to Mass. What's wrong with you? You're not going with me. They're like, if I go to Mass, will I end up like you? Probably. <laughs> Jesus says to St. Faustina, Child, speak no more of your misery. It has already been forgotten. Listen, my child, to what I desire to tell you. Come close to my wounds and draw from the fountain of life. Whatever your heart desires, drink copiously from the fountain of life. And you will not weary on your journey. Look at the splendor of my mercy, and do not fear the enemies of your salvation. Glorify my mercy. That's the diary of St. Faustina. Jesus just said that. So it makes me want to do a happy dance, because God knows all my mistakes, and he loves me anyway. God knows everywhere I've messed up, and he loves me anyway. You're never going to surprise him. He's never going to say, oh, welcome to heaven. Oh, you did what? <laughs> he knew it when you did it. You wouldn't have got that far. If he didn't know it, think about it. He's got so many wonderful things for you in heaven, so many wonderful people for you to see who are already there. Like, God's always been with me. He's always taken care of me. He's always right here next to me. He loves you. 
He's always taking care of you. He's always right next to you. And you think about it, everything is true about him and you and the love story that it is. You don't have to worry about anything. As a matter of fact, you should get a little bit crazy and love happy. When you fall in love and you're just so full of joy just because you know somebody loves you so much, that's true right now. That's true for you. From this point on, acknowledge him, recognize him. Do you like hummingbirds and you keep seeing, seeing hummingbirds everywhere you go? Do you like a certain kind of flower and you're always seeing it? I love the wind. And every time it's windy, it's, oh Lord, you're doing this for me. <laughs> My hair is going like, hang out with him. He loves you and he's with you every moment of your life. Ponder that and let your life be a life of joy. He says, I rejoice, the diary again, I rejoice that souls ask for much because it is my desire to give much, very much. On the other hand, I am sad when souls ask for little, when they narrow their hearts. Don't make Jesus sad. Make him happy, ask for a lot. Pray for the sanctification, the salvation of everybody that you know and everybody that you don't know, of your entire family and everybody who's not in your family. Ask him to bless you, ask him to bless your kids, all those kids you know, ask him to bless them at school. Ask for, ask for a lot and never stop asking him, never stop thanking him. Uh, last week, I had an infection under like a wisdom tooth, I had to get it pulled. And so I thought, yeah, I'll have oral surgery a week before this talk, because that's always like a wise thing to do. <laughs> but then I thought, you know what? I have an infection in my tooth. I can go to a dentist. I have insurance for that. I'm blessed. I'm privileged. Because around the world, a lot of people don't have that. Think about all of the things that you can do. Oh, gas is so much. But you have a car to put gas in. You have an ATM card or credit card you can put in there and fill the tank. You have a job. That's why you have the money. We're very, very privileged here. Whose are you? You're God's. I belong to God, and so do you. Get happy about that. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.